Mike Rapino joins us. LSU. Little shaky in that bowl game. Came back one. That's what matters. Blake, I think I asked you the exact same question last week to start. What's the top topic for LSU football right now with the fans? Yeah, what are you going to do with the defensive staff? Um, you know, how long is it going to take you to, to for there to be changes, Bill, or for them to announce or say that there won't be changes? Uh, what do you do at defensive coordinator? Uh, you know, Bill, there was a viral video yesterday that came out with Makai Wingo, you know, number 18, and that's a big deal at LSU, you being the, the leader and him being just dejected of wanting to have anything with his defensive coordinator. Uh, and so I think that that was just, you know, from a, a fan's eye visual standpoint uh, of how far that, that this team had come from an offensive standpoint and, and where they just lack defensively. Uh, Bill, really and truthfully, uh, so today starts what could be a really good run for LSU. Uh, Dominic McKinley flipped from Texas A&M, the five-star defensive tackle, uh, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day uh, at 12 a.m., however you want to look at it, wherever you are. Uh, but five-star 2025 running back, number one running back in the country, Bill Harlan Berry commits today, and then Bryce Underwood commits on January the 6th. So what they're doing offensively, Bill, what they're doing in high school recruiting is about to start taking up a little bit of a notch. I think that they did really good here um, in this class. I think they got a lot of depth from what Orgeron left them and the chaos that he left them. But, Bill, they got a lot of holes to fill defensively, a lot of holes, especially in the defensive interior, which I don't think that they got better in. So that is probably the, the biggest thing is what do they do along the defensive side of things? Because, Bill, we – I mean, look, Garrett Nussmeyer's first start, I thought he looked really good. I thought offensively, Bill, something that we talked about exactly last week, I don't have any worries about them offensively. Even with Lance Hurd, the five-star going into the portal, doesn't bother me. You just got another five-star tackle in Weston Davis. They were recruiting at such a high level on offense, Bill, it's a complete opposite defensively. Let's go to Lance Hurd. He is a very highly thought of young offensive tackle prospect, but he probably wasn't going to start at LSU, right? Or not? Uh, I think he could have started. Um, struggled, okay, Bill, when there was an injury at right tackle uh, and at right guard came in, had some holding penalties, got beat on a couple of plays. He got to work a little bit on his band. He, he played at right tackle. Uh, Bill, what we call the kick step, I think he was slow on his kick step, okay? He, he just, he's got to work there. But, look, he, he, he outmanned in the running game. He would outman dudes. He would physically dominate them. Um, and, and so he would, you know, if, if there was a speed rusher, he would just push him outside the pocket, which then Jaden would get out and scramble. Against a true pocket passer uh, and a guy that wants to sit in the pocket, I don't think that he – uh, I think he's got some work to do. Wouldn't be surprised, Bill, if he got moved into right guard um, until he can get a little bit better bend. But let's not – don't mistake it. I know we talked about it. The kid can play. The kid can start um, for all now 16 teams in the SEC. Um, and it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, it being a, not a big loss. The, the thing is, though, Bill, is I do think he's got some development. But he's a first-round talent type of dude. Um, but – you know, NIL has changed a lot of things in college football, and his camp has not made it 
Bill, uh, they have not been shy in saying why they're in the transfer portal. So, I mean, that's not me saying it. They're, they are putting that out there publicly. Is that another player for Ole Miss? Very possible. <laughs> Very possible. Look, Bill, they, they, I mean, they're collective. I mean, the things that I'm hearing from just a recruiting because LSU and, Ole, LSU and Ole Miss are battling in a lot of spots uh, because Pete Golding, their D.C., is a Hammond guy. Bill, I mean, again, Bill, I live a mile and a half from his brother. Uh, okay, like the kid, the, Pete Golding will come in here and into Louisiana and get dues. Would I be surprised if Lance Hurd started at left tackle for Ole Miss next year? No. Now, that's not to say, Bill, that, you know, I, there are teams that have contacted Lance Hurd, but if he wants to play left tackle, then Ole Miss is a viable option from the money aspect and from a starting aspect. What did you like about LSU's bowl game and what did you not particularly care for? Well, Bill, I like that they changed things up defensively from a schematic standpoint. I love when a team sends pressure. If you can't get home with four, I mean, Bill, I mean, again, I'm an offensive line dude. So when you send pressure, I know the chaos that you can create up front. That is the biggest thing that changes teams, okay, is when you send pressure. Look at what Michigan just did, Bill. I mean, even in the playoff, all right, when you get pressure after the quarterback, it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, so – the bottom line for me is I like the schematic parts of it. No, they did not make any – I mean, they had tons of, of opportunities to make plays in the open field defensively, and they went, let white walk-on running backs – nothing wrong with a white running back, but they let white walk-on running backs shake them in the open field and gain 20 yards in a running play on simple power. Um, so I don't I, – I, they've got to have to develop and get better, okay? I mean, I'm not trying to be the – you know, the the the, uh, the negative Nancy, you know, to start 2024, but it's just the, it's just the reality. You know, um, offensively, Bill, I love – so about Garrett Nussmeyer, Bill, their quarterback, there are multiple things that we broke down on film last night on our show and we talked about, okay, there were times that he would force things in the past and he was not ready for to be a starter in the SEC. Bill, he was making checkdowns. He was getting to the line. The dudes love him. You can tell that they love him. I think he's ready now. And I, and I think, Bill, that we, we're such in a microwave society that when a guy doesn't start immediately, like, oh, he's a bust. Like a guy just can't go to a, a quarterback can't go to a school and develop anymore, and that's what he did. And, Bill, he's developed. What he looked like against Southern in 2020, HBCU Southern, to what he looked like at Georgia in the second half in the SEC championship game, to build what he's doing now, I, I think it's just night and day how much better he's gotten. I, I love that, you know, the, you know, Cortez Hankton, one of the co-OCs, telling him, you know, there at the 98-yard drive, hey, you're about to get cover two. Kyron Lacey's running the scene. Get it in between the corner and safety. And, and Bill, they struggled offensively, but they never panicked. They've never panicked under under Brian Kelly offensively ever, and, and and Bill, it's just so for me, it's it's like you're so good and built and developing on offense to see how bad you are in areas defensively is so mind boggling to me because I, I just I thought that of anything that ever happened at LSU ever, especially under Les Miles and Ed defensively that you would always be good. 
But Bill, LSU's culture has changed. You know, you do over the last, even since nineteen, Bill. You don't really have the dudes anymore. Sometimes, so they got to they got to fix things. That's what I liked, and that's what I did not like. Garrett Nussmeyer, the quarterback, until Bryce Underwood gets there, or is there a gap year that I'm not seeing? Um, I mean, so Bryce would be a, is a 2025 guy. I mean, right. the only difference would be, you know, if he came in as a freshman and Garrett, you know, came back, you know, that year. Right. And I don't think, I mean, you know, does Bryce Underwood start over him? I, I doubt that because, I mean, the kid's been loyal. And if he's here again, Bill, I mean, I would assume that he has a pretty decent season, so he can maybe sit behind him and then be the the heir apparent. Um, but no, I, I mean we'll have to. I mean we'd have to see. I would not be surprised. And, and Bill, here's another thing: they got AJ Swan, who could be a gap guy until Bryce Underwood were develop were to develop right. if, if Nussmeyer were to leave. So no, I don't. Um, I, I I don't think Garrett Nussmeyer's decision really affects the Underwood thing uh, at all. Now, if they went and got another portal quarterback, it, it definitely would, but they're not. Look, I'm just going to tell you, their chips are in on Bryce Underwood. They are going toe-to-toe, battle-for-battle, and making every swing. NIL, playing time, offensive scheme, they're doing everything they can to get him. And if they miss, they miss. But I do not think that they will miss on January the 6th. Well, and Michigan's the other team, correct? Well, Alabama came in here late, but I don't know how much of an impact Alabama was able to make. But Michigan is the is the team that, I mean, because he's from you know the state of Michigan. But Bill, they don't run what he what he's good at, right? I mean, they're not. The, he's not. I don't want to say he's not built for their offensive scheme because he's built for any offensive scheme. But Bill, he just. I mean, LSU just is a better fit from a schematic standpoint of what they want to do. Getting. I mean, look with Jaden Daniels. I mean, Bill, then they went to a pocket passer. He threw for 395 yards. We've seen Garrett Nussmeyer in two big-time situations. The second half against Georgia where he threw for 300 yards, and then this the other day when he threw for 395. So, again, schematically, I just think it fits Bryce Underwood much better than what Michigan wants to do. And, that I mean, and Bill, I'll just be real. I know Michigan's a national title game. I still think LSU's getting the better weapons, right? Like, uh, uh, so you've got two wide receivers and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. that will go in the top 15 in the draft. I, I, I mean, does Michigan? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean. so, again, I just think that they have sold on, sold him on everything that they're doing offensively. Now, the question has been, you know, like, hey, man, what are you doing on defense? And, and I know that that's been a question. I mean, they have not shied away from like, hey man, is Matt House going to be here? You know, when we when we sign or if we sign. So I mean, that's that's one hundred percent gotten confirmed for not LSU, but Bill, but from them. Okay, so we'll see how that plays out. But I do feel good at where LSU is in this twenty five class. Now, Bill, I will say there's a lot of people that go into the portal. LSU will go into the portal to get what they need. They're not Clemson in this scenario. But I will say that they are they are gearing up from a collective standpoint for this 2025 class. Blake Rafino with us. Blake, tell everybody how they can get your shows. Yep, so we preview the national title. Rafino and Joe show will be live again today at 6. Uh, Bill, I, I guess I have to, to end this LSU 2019-2023 Washington, even though I think they're good. 
7 o'clock, we, we talk LSU on AYS. All right, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. Go Tigers. Hey, 44 days until college baseball, my man. I know. I'm very excited about that. Good stuff there from Blake. Brezziancia as we continue. Big Six Previews. Good morning. Still some volume right now. Trying to get in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro on 24 going westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area in and through Antioch as well. It's a little bit crowded over here now on 40 westbound at Fessler's. Traffic's on the increase down uh, from Millersville, uh, Sumner County on 65 going southbound. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check them out online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now, Childress Collision Center is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by Childress Collision Center. Family owned and operated, Childress Collision Center is backed by a century of combined experience. From a scratch or a dent to a full collision repair, trust Childress Collision Center. Stop on by 1108 8th Avenue South in Nashville or call 615-266-4441. 615-266-4441. That's Childress Collision Center. They're people who care. Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. They put themselves in this position. It's a shame they put themselves in this position because I think not only is the division there to be had, the conference is there to be had. If they had more talent, if they had their stuff together, it's not the murderer's row that we thought the AFC was going to be going into the season. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Call 615-844-5600. Get in on the Bill King Show. 
Preziancia. Big Six Previews. Joined to Wednesdays. Brett, what surprised you the most about the two semifinal matchups? Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think what surprised me most was just that we had two instant classics. You know, it's rare to have both playoff games end up so close and to be uh, such incredible finishes. So I, I just like the style of the games. You had the, um, you know, the juggernauts, the, the really strong offensive line, defensive lines of Michigan and Alabama going up against each other, uh, strength on strength. And then in the second game, you had more of a track meet, a lot of a great offense and passing. So you got to see both styles of play, two really special games to close out the uh, 14 bracket. So I was impressed with both games. Do you think Harbaugh is on his way out? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we think this every offseason when we talk. Um, I, I was shocked when he was interviewing NFL a couple seasons ago. Um, but this time through the scandals, through the suspensions, um, it looks like he might be riding off in the sunset. If he can win, it might be the perfect way to, to end his college career and then uh, look back to the NFL. But that kind of stuff I have no insight on. It's just speculation. You hear rumors. Uh, you can go off his past history, though, of the interviews every offseason. So I would lean uh, towards that as the, as the evidence. But, yeah, especially if he wins and rides off into the sunset, I could definitely see it. Michigan's favored by four and a half, but let's look at Washington. What a job that Coach DeBoer has done out there. And if he wins a national championship year two out there, and now they're joining the Big Ten, what a story that would be. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think we lose sight of how quickly this program has changed. Uh, think back two, three seasons. Um, even before that, it was all defense. It was defense first. It was some of the best defenses in the country there under Jimmy Lake and Pete Kwiatkowski. It was all defense. They couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, if you watch their games, they would win 10-9. They would win you know, 6-3. It was almost the Iowa of the, the Pac-12 back then. But he comes in, Coach Kalen DeBoer, brings his quarterback, Penix, with him, and, uh, and they're lighting up the scoreboard. Whole new, whole new deal. So I was impressed by that uh, roster-wise and team-wise and coaching staff-wise. He was able to defend uh, Bama and A&M from stealing Ryan Grubb, his play caller. Uh, was able to retain all his top talent from the portal and, uh, and has really built a machine here. So, you know, my hat's off to that coaching staff. He deserved the Coach of the Year honors that he's won so far. And, um, you know, one last note, too. It's, it's one thing how Alabama, Georgia – Clemson, uh, the, the dynasty programs, they're loaded with five-star players, four-star players. Washington didn't recruit at that level, so it's been a great player development, great transfer work by him to get a team uh, that, that usually recruits outside of top 20 into the national title game. Danny in New York City, and I saw this, and you probably did too, Brett, on Twitter, say list of the quarterbacks from the class of 21 – and Danny in New York City points this out. J.J. McCarthy is the only five-star from that class not to transfer. He's the only five-star quarterback from that class to start and win a playoff game. Caleb Williams is the only quarterback to win the Heisman from that class. Quinn, you were transferred from Ohio State after one year, et cetera. But of all the five-stars in that class, Ewers, Caleb Williams, 
uh, Sam Heward. Remember, he signed with Washington from the Heward family. Brock Vandegrift, J.J. McCarthy, Kyle McCord, the only one not to transfer is McCarthy. How about that? Yeah, that's rare anymore in today's game uh, with the quarterback carousel heating up. But um, I don't follow college basketball as closely, so I'll try and attempt a comparison here. But I'm thinking it's more like uh, those old Duke teams under Coach K where he would really build a team for uh, and, and retain his players all four years. They'd be senior-laden and be veteran. That's what I think Michigan is. Uh, in a world of these one-and-dones, remember the Kentucky teams where you'd have NBA guys for one season and leave? Uh, that, that to me, it seems like uh, the transfer portal teams. But Michigan is kind of the Duke where the, Duke and Butler where they've really grown it and, um, you know, they're veteran teams. So might be a stretch of a comparison, but really uh, just hats off to, to Michigan for retaining all their top talent. Um, you know, they, they've, it's really been the same core of players, same core of offensive linemen, all three of these playoff runs. They get stronger each year. Uh, and this, uh, especially on defense here, they, they came into the season calling themselves the no-name defense. I think that moniker is going to look funny uh, in, in, uh, in April when they're all drafted in the NFL draft. So um, just a great job, really patience uh, the, to develop this team and, and get stronger each year. And it really came to a tipping point on that last snap where uh, Jalen Milrow, this was a bad snap, actually. It was rolled beneath him again. But uh, he tried to run right right into that wall of Michigan defenders. He had no room to go. And, um, you know, a goal line stand to cap it off is fitting for this Michigan program. Just how tough Harbaugh has built it on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I thought they dominated both lines all game, actually, despite the score. Um, so I was impressed by Michigan in the trenches, both sides. Jonathan in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, is a big Alabama fan. He said, guys, I'm still super depressed. He said, I think what surprised me is the Big Ten, for the most part, hadn't competed on the line of scrimmage or defensively in the playoff games, and Michigan did it this year. Reeves, he says, reverted to early season form, continuing to call for dropbacks in the face of an overload blitz. Yeah, well, with Alabama, it seems like we saw – some of their worst characteristics come back out. Um, you know, in the first half, they allowed five sacks, and that was really the storyline of the early part of the season for Alabama, the first half of the season, where they led the country in sacks allowed and, uh, and, and negative play rate and, and all the offensive line metrics I have pass protection-wise, they were struggling. But they did clean it up in uh, November and December. So to see that come back as a problem, that was alarming. Um, yeah, the bad snaps thing, I know it's, it is such a small part of the game, but it's you know football is a detail-oriented game, and a bad snap so many times like that it, it blows up drives. You heard Coach Saban mention that at his halftime interview, and then he saw it on the final play of the game because if he gets a clean snap there, who knows if he reads it differently and if there's holes there in the RPO. So um, yeah, just just brutal there. Play calling, yeah, I could see uh, some complaints, but hey, I, I know the pain of blowing a big lead like that here is, uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle fan. We had a ten-point lead in the Super Bowl. Everyone was starting to celebrate, and uh, you know it's you know leads like that are fleeting in title games. So uh, it's it's tough. It's a tough way to go out, but uh, great season, Alabama. Um, you know, Saban proved a lot of doubters wrong coming into the year, including myself. I had Georgia winning the SEC. I think that was almost unanimous. We said Alabama had a ton of questions this year. He still goes twelve and one, gets them back into the playoff bracket. I was saying a little over a week ago. I thought that Steve Angeli from New Jersey, who got the start in Notre Dame's bowl game, was playing that bowl game to create a resume, some game film, so he could transfer. 
He played exceedingly well, and I don't know that he's transferring. I haven't seen anything or heard anything. And uh, I tell you what, he played a heck of a game, frankly. I was surprised. Yeah, I remember our conversation there. We were thinking uh, he would do some, uh, you know, some, some highlight tape and maybe look at the portal. But after that performance, I think he's ready to hunker down and, and fend off Riley Leonard coming in from Duke, and it's going to be a great position battle. Uh, sometimes we just we assume, just given the quarterback carousel, that guys are ready to, to roll and move around. But um, yeah, maybe he'll he'll stay hunkered down and battle for that job because he certainly played like it. And uh, big emphatic win over Oregon State. I know that Oregon State was missing staff and players, but still to to go out like that in your first start and, and really put up some big numbers, huge win for Notre Dame. Um, yeah, well, let's see if he competes. I'd like to see it. Well, and. Riley Leonard, the way this works, will come in, and something crazy would have to happen, you would think, for him not to start. But you've got a guy sitting there, if indeed he's staying, that you know you can count on. And then you should be in good shape because C.J. Carr, the true freshman and the grandson of Lloyd Carr, is there, five-star out of Michigan. And that's the conduit right there. If you're Notre Dame in the, in the ideal world, and we all know, Brett, you don't always get the ideal world, that would be the handoff sequence. Yeah. Um, if, if the five-star guy really lives up to being a five-star, yep. uh, you're looking for a one-year transition period. You know, have a guy come in, um, hold down the starting job, hold down the fort for a year while the, the five-star true freshman gets his legs under him and then uh, hand over the keys of the offense. But that's how the script used to go. You know how it is with the quarterback carousel now. I don't know. Out of these three, how many will be there uh, this, this time next year? So it's just crazy world we live in with college football. Um, but that's one of the changing aspects of it. But, yeah, it looks like Notre Dame is recruiting at a higher clip than they used to, and, and they're packing the quarterback room. So those are two great uh, pieces of the formula. Tom and Myrtle Beach tell Brett that the playing portion of the season is over, so it's time for him to get to work. He says, I'm sure the next five months are going to be busy for you. He can't wait. Says he can't wait to get your 24 preview. Oh, thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, uh, all the listeners and followers. It's that time of year again, Bill. You're right. And uh, after Monday night's game coming up, it'll be time to really focus on 2025, 2024. Uh, looking forward to the, the new uh, you know, 12-team playoff structure and all, all the new conference realignments. So there's a lot of change happening in college football. Uh, you know I'll have it covered there at Pick 6 Previews, our annual book. And, um, yeah, I just want to enjoy one last big game like this, uh, the, the final playoff game of the four-team era with Michigan and Washington. Um, but, yeah, you know I'm already started on the 2024 edition, and it's going to be a ton of work, but I love it. And, um, yeah, thanks for the shout-out. I appreciate that. Jim in Chattanooga wants to know if you got to peek at Tennessee's bowl game and what you thought about Nico Iamaleava. Yeah, well, here's an example of a five-star quarterback coming in, his first start, and playing really well, and then setting the setting the tone for next year. We just talked about young five stars uh, with their with their first opportunity. That's how you do it, right there. A blowout win over Iowa against a really strong defense. I mean, Iowa, despite you know they get a lot of criticism from the national media offensively and, and rightfully so, but defensively, that's been one of the best defensive units for years. So. Uh, to put up that kind of numbers uh, in, a, in a bowl game there, in New Year's Day Bowl, I was impressed. Um, and then their defense did the job, too, and really clamped down on a broken offense. So, yeah, uh, impressive there, and um, really sets the tone for next year, next offseason. And 
we'll see if that attracts some top talent to, to come play with them in, in Knoxville. So, yeah, great start there. What's the future of the Big Ten power-wise at the top with Washington and Oregon coming in USC to battle Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State? That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic there because you're, you're almost doubling the power at the top of the conference. Um, you know, the last 5, 10, 20 years has really been a big three. It's been uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and then, of course, Wisconsin has been strong. But now you bring in some national brands here and some recruiting powers, too, with, with USC and Oregon, two top 10, top 15 recruiters every year. Uh, Washington has shown the potential to make the playoff uh, twice now and now in a national title. Uh, so they're able to, to get some top talent from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, but, yeah, these are national brands. They're, they're recruiting powers, and um, that does open up avenues for the Big Ten to get more into that Southern California recruiting. And uh, it's just it's crazy to see those brands listed together with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, but it's, it's a powerful league now. And look at this, an all-Big Ten national title this year. I know that might upset the SEC listeners, but it's just crazy to see that. And, of course, the SEC is bolstering itself, too, with two blue bloods, Oklahoma, Texas, who are also top ten recruiters and have all the legacy and the history you can ask for. So the, the, the strongest gets stronger, Bill, in this, in this round of realignment. And if there is a change at Michigan, and we know nothing yet, but that whole dynamic, who the new coach would be and what that roster looks like, and that's going to be interesting. Yeah, of course. I mean, anytime coaching change, but – but these blue blood programs, they're, they're able to weather the storm. And I think that uh, Harbaugh has built such a strong culture there and, and shown the you know, shown the formula to win at Michigan in the modern era. I think that can be that can be continued upon. So yeah, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, the LA schools, Pacific Northwest schools, uh, and even maybe some resurgence from other old old programs like Nebraska. Let's see if they can bounce back. Um, if Iowa can get their offense clicking, right? Wisconsin's been Wisconsin for 25 years, so there's a lot to like from the Big Ten. Some up-and-coming coaches, too, at some of the smaller schools, so very excited for that new conference. Really excited, too, for that new Big 12, uh, because you still have a lot of regionality, some old historic rivals reconnecting. So, you know, I'm I'm pessimistic overall in conference realignment, but there are some parts of it I'm excited about. Tom at Myrtle Beach points out that Will Howard, quarterback, seems to be trending for the Buckeyes. Do you think that'd be a good fit? Yeah, well, I've heard rumors about him at a lot of different schools now. Actually, he's based right out of uh, out of our hometown here, Downingtown, Pennsylvania. He, he tore up the Chestmont League. Uh, you know, it's rare to see a D1 guy like that. He picked Kansas State out of high school and led them to a conference title at Kansas State and played really good football there uh, the last year and a half, two seasons, uh, battled through injury. But, uh, yeah, I've seen him rumored at USC. I've heard of Ohio State now, and he's just at the top of the transfer portal list for quarterbacks. So I'm sure he's going to use up all his visits. Um, stylistically, I think that Ryan Day can make it work with any type of quarterback. I mean, you've seen a lot of different styles there, uh, runners, throwers, dual threat guys, pocket passers. So uh, he's able to make it work, and you know, he'll be a benefit to a lot of programs. Tell everybody how they can get your info. Thanks. Pick6previews.com. Pick6previews on Twitter. See you next week, sir. See you, Bill. Coming right back. We're clear. Rest of the way, just... Put the boat in the water, and the current will take us where it's going to take us. That's what we're about to do here with the rest of this show this morning. Omni National Hotel, Friday.
Good morning. We've seen a couple of accidents out here. It's a little bit heavy at times now on 65 southbound as you come past now, Trinity Lane coming down from the north there out of Millersville. That's also on the increase. Did see a little bit of a delay on 24 leaving Clarksville, Montgomery County on a crash out there a little bit earlier. 24 still heavy up through the Hickory Hollow area. Westbound 24 coming in right now from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging online right now at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. In Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, and one in five are children. People who are hungry are not necessarily living on the streets. They may be in your child's classroom, in your neighborhood, or just down the street. In addition, many of these people live in food deserts, which are areas more than 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. Often there are limited resources to get food, and the only option is fast food or convenience markets. While processed food may help with hunger pangs, it provides little to no nutrition. What began in 2008 as a dream to buy land, grow food, and give it away has recently developed into a way to serve and impact more individuals in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much, By Faith Farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit ByFaithFarm.com to get involved. That's ByFaithFarm.com. And now, the fine folks at Maximum Power Electric are reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. Please visit USO.org and locate military care packages to see how you could help make a difference today. This message is brought to you by Maximum Power Electric. For residential or commercial electrical installations or repairs, give the pros a call today at 615-840-2426. 615-840-2426. That's Maximum Power Electric. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The old BCS computer runs on diesel fuel and dreams. We know this because it lives in Bill King's garage. Bill King Show, brought to you by the palatial, lovely Omni Nashville Hotel.
no cap up in Chicago, Bill, could be a heck of a year for the Harbaugh's. They are both favorites to win the championship. Well, I wouldn't know the Sunday one, but I would know the Saturday game well. And this is an interesting story. Harbaugh with a chance to win it. He owns, at the moment, the Buckeye game. He's got the NCAA all up in his business. Sat out six games this year. Maybe Monday night winning a national championship, perhaps on to the NFL. A huge bleep you to everybody on the way out the door. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The one thing I never bought into, though, is this guy's not really a good coach. They're they're cheating. It's it's sign stealing. They're they're there's no way, Bill. There's no way. No, this guy. You're not required to like him. You can abhor him, hate him all you want. That's fine. But the guy is a heck of a head coach. What's interesting, and it comes from a coaching family is dad jack Harbaugh, forever a coach heck he was a coach at western kentucky which is bowling ring just about an hour right away just on the kentucky border of tennessee and they look exactly alike now now jim's bigger than jack but jack is a gregarious, just incredibly nice people person. And just, just totally different from Jim. Now, Jim's not really rude. Jim, when he has to do an interview, is is somewhat polite and reasonable. He's just awkward. Now, I don't know Jim Harbaugh outside of coaching. I don't know if he is as socially awkward, for example, in coaches' meetings or team meetings. I'm guessing he probably isn't because he gets results. The dude gets results. He absolutely gets things done, but in public, on camera, he's just awkward. Now, not saying that's the worst thing in the world. He just comes off as awkward. His wording, his mannerisms, the sentences he puts together, mostly awkward. But the guy is a football machine. Jim Buck, too, said Bill. Jack won a D2 natty at Western. Yeah, back in the probably, and I can't remember, somewhere in the 90s, they'd bring him down every few years, and he'd do a couple of segments with us and could not have been a nicer guy. And this is well before Jim got going. Jim was still in the NFL, if I remember, at the time. But just a super dude. And again, Families that, you know, are football families. Pete Cordelli's a football family. And by the way, Coach Pete will be with us, hour one, from 
the Omni on Friday. He'll be back with us. Ole Miss Evie, I was just talking to her. Regarding the offensive tackle at LSU, Lance Hurd, who entered the portal, and Evie was talking about they do need, if there is an area that needs addressing because they pretty much addressed everything you can address, either in recruiting or the portal. They've had a phenomenal portal haul. But she said last week when we had her on that the offensive line is an area that could use still a dude or two. And with her, it might be Ole Miss or Colorado. Now, Tennessee could use another offensive lineman. And I'm told they're kicking the tires on that one, too. I don't know what their chances are in that race, but I do know they're kicking the tires on that. And we were just talking about this earlier, but you could have players that you don't know about unless they put it out socially, social media that enter the portal or in the portal, but you won't find out about it for maybe a couple of days from now. The deadline was last night, but they give you five days if you played late in the season from your ball game that you played, your bowl game that you played. And if that overlaps, you have a five-day window that could overlap over into where regularly you could not enter the portal. So... This is the example 24-7 used. Auburn, Maryland played on the 30th of December. They actually played here in the Music City Bowl. If players decided that they want to get in the portal, they've got until five days after their bowl game, which would be January 4th, which would be tomorrow. And then you wouldn't find out about it if they didn't put it out on social media until about 48 hours later. So it could be the 6th or the 7th. Michigan and uh, Washington players have five days after their game, which would be what, the 13th? 13th, 14th? All right, let's get the break. Good morning. Still running a little bit slower than normal in Montgomery County, Clarksville, as they clean up an accident on 24 eastbound around the four-mile marker. Again, I can see you still see a delay up there leaving Clarksville. It's a little bit crowded over here on 40 westbound as you come past Donaldson Pike, coming through Hermitage, Donaldson, and normal buildup there past the airport. 24 still looks good, even though it's heavy coming in from Rutherford County up through Antioch. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring in all four locations. They're online right now at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. 
It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage nasal care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. Navage is available online at navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Are you ready for a touchdown of flavor and excitement? Look no further than Sam's Place and Sam's Sports Grill. The ultimate destination for great food, fantastic drinks, and game time atmosphere that will have you cheering for more. Sam's is the place for every sports fan and food lover with over 40 TVs at every location. Sam's has a family-friendly atmosphere where everyone can have a blast. From their friendly staff to awesome kids' menu, they've got something for everyone. Online at samsplace.net or samsportsgrill.com. Or call and find the nearest location to you. At Sam's, the game is always on and the fun never stops. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. John Morant, first game back after the 25 games, 34 points, 8 assists, and he hits the game winner at a walk-off. Welcome so, back. Hello there. Yeah. Uh, happy for the Grizzlies, happy for the city of Memphis. Good to have them back. Let's keep them there. Stay healthy, ball out, keep your nose clean, be the superstar that we know you can be. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. College sports. Bill King knows a few things. Don't you hear about this? Our center did a podcast and said that the Ohio State NIL doesn't pay the O-line enough, and that's why he was benched in the Cotton Bowl. Nothing he said was untrue. Ryan Day is soft, and his feelings were hurt. What a punk. Ryan Day. I did not see that. Wow. <laughs> We have speculated on where this NIL may lead, where it may go. Brent and Macon, Macon, Georgia, lovely, lovely central Georgia, said, Bill, I know this could be a whole segment, but what single most important New Year's resolution should each team in the top ten set for themselves? What do they need to clean up? 
What on-field personnel do they need to add? What coaching changes need to take place, et cetera? Well, we were just we did talk about that with LSU with Blake, and it's all the defensive side of the ball. I mean, from head to toe. From head to toe. And they would like that to include a new defensive coordinator. Whether Brian Kelly is going to do that or not remains unclear. Brian has never been hesitant to make a move. That's never been a problem. I'm not sure he makes a move here. We don't know. Yeah, we do not know. But they are broken on that side of the ball. They are electric and tantalizing on the offensive side of the ball, and they're basically on defense a turnstile. Just come on in, guys. Do whatever you got to do. That's that's a problem. They've got to get that side of the ball fixed. With Alabama, I would say your defense got fixed. Continue on with your defense. Yeah, they were much better this year. Cannot argue that on defense head to toe, front to back. I don't think that's going to change. Two years ago in 22, they had some problems defensively in various areas. That all got solidified that. I would say offensively, you've got to be better with playmaking wide receivers. You're not good. You're not Alabama good there. I'd say you're solid to pretty good at running back. You're not G-word great there. And I would think the most recent presentation, presentation by Milro, adds some doubt again. Is he the quarterback of the uh, of the season in 24? He showed flashes this year that, yeah, they can make it happen with him. And he is an electric athlete. That was nullified in the Michigan game for the most part. The other problem is if you're in a situation where Milrow's got to be in the pocket and throw, it's a bad state of affairs. He's he's going to be better in the passing game if you can get him out and let him imp- improvise and things like that. So I think that's still, again, give him credit. There were moments, certainly the rest of the regular season into the Georgia game, he played well. I want to acknowledge that. But I do think that the balance of that offense is still a question mark. So if you're Alabama, it's all on offense, opposite from LSU, and there are personnel upgrades that need to happen. And I still think that Debating the quarterback is a fair topic. I think it's a very fair topic. At Ohio State, it would be about the quarterback. Is it Will Howard? It would be about the quarterback. And I think the defense has gotten a lot better. I'm not real worried about that side of the ball at all. They played very well this year for the most part. Running back situation, they're going to be good at running back. They recruit the heck out of receivers. The transition at receiver, I don't think is an issue. I think it's who's going to be the quarterback leader 
And is Ryan Day the right guy to do what they're missing, which is to beat Michigan and then advance? And right now, he's not the right guy for that. He's the right guy for almost anything else, but he's not the right guy at the moment for that. Georgia, let me think this out. You have acquired a beast of a running back. Check, check mark. Quarterback is in place. You need, I still think you could use another playmaker at wide receiver. I can't really think of anything else. I I can't. I uh, Georgia is a roster that is well maintained as any roster in America. Let me let me rephrase that. I think it's the best maintained roster in America. Don't think that's changing. Maybe another receiver if you could get a playmaker, vertical receiver in the portal. Another one. I'd be about it. All right, hour three coming up. Omni Nashville Hotel. AM 95.9 FM Brentwood Nashville 103.7